Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Before we get into this episode with Laura Styles and Mr. Flawless, you know what we got to do. What's that? Let's talk about our friends over at Plated.com. Yeah, of course. Let's do it. Plated.com. It's an awesome website. If you want to cook at home, but you don't want to do the shopping, you don't want to worry about like ingredients that you may have in your cabinet, guess what? Plated.com is going to send you exactly what you need to make gourmet meals in your own home. So if you want to make blood orange, wild Alaskan salmon with brown butter gnocchi, they're going to send you the salmon. They're going to send you the garlic, the kale, the sage, the blood orange, the Worcestershire sauce, the soy sauce, the gnocchi, and the butter, like all to your door in a refrigerated carton. And by the way, it only takes 20 to 30 minutes to make that meal right there. By the way, you know what they're not going to send you? What's that? The garbage that you don't need. That's true. Shout out to our friends over at Plated.com. They make everything easy. If you're not home for your delivery, it's okay because the Plated box keeps everything fresh until midnight on the day it arrives. If you want to prepare chef quality meals in 30 minutes or less, hurry over to Plated.com time right now and get a free dinner for two with your first purchase. A free dinner for two with your first purchase. On Plated.com? Plated.com. Yep, that's a free dinner for two. Plated.com slash time. Plated.com slash time. Plated.com slash time. Yo, what up? It's Eric, a.k.a. Tony Romano and Sons Construction, a.k.a. Let's Build, fam. Yo, what up? It's Jeff, a.k.a. So Icy Entertainment, a.k.a. Chrissy Yamaguchi Main. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> it's like the mic's turned on and characters instantly came on. I like it. That was good. That was good. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Just say hi. Because I don't, I don't have like a special intro. I'm just, my name is Laura Styles, and I'm a, I guess I'm a regular personality. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. all great. <laughs> uh, and I'm Mr. Falls, and uh, I do really dope jewelry. Yeah, and this is a waste of time, this is the real. Rock up. Guys, thanks for coming up to the Upper West Side. You ran up here. Yeah, I'm a little sweaty. Me and, me and Greg, I mean Mr. Flawless, we literally jumped on the train and we were like running behind schedule and we made it. By the way, is it alright that people know your government name, at least your first name? Yeah, Gregory. Well, my like, mom calls me Gregory, but everybody else calls me Greg or Flawless. Because our, our mutual friend Phil Chang hit me today on text and he was like, when is Greg coming through? And I was like, who is Greg? And I was like, oh, right. Flawless, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like Greg, actually. I Greg you all the time. I think yeah. Greg is good. Well, your Snapchat name is Greg Una and then slash Mr. Flawless. Right. Yeah. Did you know your whole government name was out there? I did not. <laughs> I'm not even in your content. I mean, now I am, but... Does anyone watch the Snap? Um, What, me, your Snaps? My personal Snap? Jeff, I mean, I Jeff do. Does. What do you yeah. think? I haven't seen it yet. Yo, it's like, it should be a reality show. Like It's it, very entertaining. It's very entertaining. Um, You've got David on there. Mm-hmm. David, who has no front teeth. No front teeth. He's the best, man. And yeah. your Uncle Mike that I love. Uncle Mike's the homie. Uh-huh. And then who's the woman with the uh, The woman hair? is, she's Wendy. She's just uh, a struggling, hardworking flyer girl. I, uh, I actually saw uh, one of the guys. <laughs> I saw one of the guys from your Snapchat on the train. And I was going to approach him and be like, oh, my God. Was it Joe? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe's the best, man. He's just the Harlem dude. Is, is Joe the DVD guy? Yeah. He's oh, a boss. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's making stars out here. You do realize yeah, that, Yeah, right? but like, I always found him interesting. Yeah. You know? So I thought, you know, let me show the world part of my day. Was there ever the opportunity that like a production company came to you and was like, you guys are really entertaining and like there has to be something on television? Production companies call all the time and I just, I don't really want to deal with that reality show stuff. I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. I want to kind of be in control of my life and, and I don't want to be mocked and you know if I do something funny it's going to be me doing something funny and right. I show the world what I want them to see not what you know even if you were like executive producing your own show I mean 
I'm not saying we have a deal on the table right, right. now. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I'd like to be the executive producer of this show, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Man. I, I just don't want to be a reality star. That's fair. Laura, do you feel the same way? Well, I've had a show before. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? That was, a, that was quite a learning experience because, uh, first of all, I had no life. And I also, I, I already worked like a dog, but I literally was waking up at 4.30 in the morning. I was doing my morning show, get off at 10, do interviews in like 30 minute intervals to like 12, be in hair and makeup by one, and I was shooting to like 10 at night. And then I work at Sirius and I have two shows over there and I do everything else. So I literally would just go home, sleep for a couple hours and do it again. That's and I did that for like me, Sife, Rosenberg, and Ebro. We did it for like six months. Did it drive you crazy? Yeah, you you would see us like die, like dead in the corner somewhere, like just sleeping wherever we could. We looked like we were fiends, but it was dull. But the only thing that I didn't like is that um, I I just didn't didn't like I didn't know what to expect. It was my first time doing reality, and it wasn't right. even reality. Fuck, I can't. You know, people call it reality, right? What, quote it was unquote real, reality. But it wasn't. It was more like a, it was like improv. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because of course. We we talked about the scenario and we shot it. That's it. There was no script. They tried to give us scripts and we threw them all out. We were right. like, I'm not going to do this. You know what I mean? But Mona Scott came to you guys with the idea. Is that right? Yes. I mean, she'd been trying to do it for, for a long time. You know, they've been trying to get into that building for, for the longest. But the only thing that... It was conflict because we were under that whole, like, love and hip-hop umbrella. Right. Right. So... I think they thought that we were going to be throwing drinks at each other and being like, they wanted you to like, yeah, you know they wanted I mean? you to date like Rosenberg or, yeah, 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 you know, something wild. But we all, first of all, we're friends, like real friends. Right. Yeah. And we have mutual respect for one another. So I would never tell Angie, like, fuck off. Right. I mean, I mean, maybe, but like in a, in a caring, loving way. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or Miss Info. Yeah. Right. So, and then we were able to get amazing guests. I mean, for our first season, we had Kanye, yep. we had Mike Tyson, yeah. we had... Um, you had Macklemore, you had... Yeah. Wale. I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. So it was a good experience, but at the end, we weren't in charge of, like, uh, like editing, and, and we were watching the show with everybody else, and I think they weren't used to, like, editing, like, comedy. Right. So a lot of the highs were lost. Yeah. A lot of the punchlines, and we were there like, boop. <laughs> what, what happened to the funny, you know? So it was, it was, you know, it was a learning experience for all of us. I loved it. Yeah. So, and we could have done it again, but I think half of us didn't want to do it. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right, let's take it back to the very beginning. Where are you guys originally from? I'm from Queens, New York, born and raised. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, mid-city Los Angeles, which is right next to South Central. Yep. And my dad is in Hollywood. So, yeah. I Hollywood, was- the section of town, not the mentality. Absolutely. <laughs> He's not in the Hollywood. Listen, the, Holly, the Hollywood that I grew up in was like Hell's Kitchen back in the day. It was infested with drugs and prostitution. It was right. really, really bad. And no, no and now it's like Clinton. Yeah, yeah now it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it, it wasn't cute at all. It was a lot, a lot of gangs too, especially like the, um, like the MS-13 and 18th Street. And it was a lot of Crips. It was mm-hmm. bad. It was really, really bad. Um, and you come from a family of how many? It's, um, I have two sisters. I have an older sister. Uh, from my mom's first marriage, but I didn't really grow up with her, and I have a younger sister. So, are you? Do you consider yourself the middle child? I guess it's weird because growing up, I was the oldest. Yeah. Until like I was like fourteen, then my older sister came into the picture. Yeah. But I was already used to being the oldest, so yeah. So you know, how does that work? We just made it work, <laughs> you know. But it's like I didn't. I don't have the best relationship with my older sister. We're kind of distant. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I come from a really small family. It's just, it's just literally my mom, my dad, and my sisters, and that's it. Yeah. I have like one uncle, but he lives like in Northern California. Oh, really? So I was always jealous of people with big families. <laughs> and what about you, Flawless? Uh, started off in Forest Hills, like all well, the rest of the Russian Jews. 
then uh, went over to Fresh Meadows, and then ended up in Jamaica States. And your family is how big? Uh, it's me, my mother, father, and brother, and then I have you know aunts and uncles that are aunts and uncles. <laughs> <laughs> Not aunts, aunts. Um, I don't know. I say aunts. I, I say aunts too. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I just don't yeah. wanna. <laughs> right, you do, you wanted crazy. to go by like the right, house rules, right, right. yeah. <laughs> but I, I have a pretty big family. Um, We're really and, close, and, and I'm big on family. But yeah, also, totally. like you, you work in like a family business. This Correct. was your uncle's. This is my mom's first cousin's son's shop. Mom's first, first cousin's cousin. son's shop. Okay. That sounds like a made up thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, my second cousin. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, you know how it is when you're Jewish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really don't know how it works. Like we show up at Thanksgiving and there's like relatives, but it's just like I don't really know I'm how you're. Like, yeah, how do you yeah, know yeah, who's yeah. like who belongs? I. Everyone just shows up. Because people will question yeah. and be like, who are you? Whose kid are you? What are you doing here? I just don't they're the same people every year. We had a family reunion once, and I know they like they made these mugs, and everyone's like name was on it in terms of like the family tree or whatever. But beyond that, like I don't even know who's related or who's not. And Everybody who's, just like, has like questions for us, like what we do. Yeah, well, that's yeah. yeah. That's you, how I know their family. Well, so clearly your family understands what you do. Yeah. Does your family understand? For a long time, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, my family didn't really support my career for a long time. Like I left um, when I left LA, I I really left on some like I just needed a change in my life. Like, yeah, I was going through some really tough like a like a tough time in my life, and I was like, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." And you went as far as you could go. Yeah, I just bought a one way ticket to New York, and I was like, "I'm gonna be on the radio if it's the last thing I do." I think you're doing good. Uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'm serious. Like it's so funny because when I tell people, I was like, I really wanted to be a DJ. But at the time, it was like you had to have like you know turntables. There was no Serato, right. right? And I had to buy pieces of vinyl. I was broke. I was like, I couldn't afford any of it. And my parents were definitely not going to buy me a pair of twelve hundreds. Like, right. It wasn't going to happen. Right. right. So I remember I was I was I was jumping fences to get into clubs, and I just wanted to go see um, AC Alone, or I wanted to go see Talib yeah. and Most Def. You know what I mean? Or I wanted to see the Far Side. So I would go to these clubs and my boys were DJing. So I'd be like, yo, let me let me say something. I'm like, let me say something. And they I was a young girl just being a knucklehead. You know, yeah. I was being mad car hard. Yeah. And then they would let me rock. And I had like a deeper, scratchy voice. So yeah. they would just let me do whatever I want. And I would be a ham and just talk mad shit on the mic and try to intro people. And then that led to me doing drops on like mixtapes and and eventually I just started falling in love with radio. And I, I used to listen to uh, like Love Line with yeah. like Dr. Drew yep. and Adam Crow, Sway yeah. and Tech yeah. and Carmelita. And I'd be like, fuck it, if Carmelita could do it, I could do it too. And I was <laughs> super young and I, I just became obsessed with it. Like I was like, how the fuck am I going to get on the radio? And then you started working for Lakaj? No, no, no. That's This is way, way, way before that. So what, this was all in L.A. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to, to move to New York, it was like, I don't have any family in New York, but that's the number one market for radio. Right. That's where I'm going to go. So I I did some street shit to make some money to come over here, and I just figured it out. I, I came here. I was I was going to to BMCC mm-hmm. for like I, I was like let me let me let me work. Wait, at. what'd you study at BMCC? Communications. Okay. Okay. So yeah, it wasn't sure. like you it was know art. like welding it was or something. Art <laughs> yeah. In communication, so it was some welding. Okay. Yes. <laughs> sure. It was art in communication. Right. But peep this. At the time, I was like, all right, Clear Channel had just launched Power One Hundred Five. Right. And it was a brand new station. It was all like old school hip hop. Flip the switch. Yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. the whole flip the switch? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, fuck, I'm never going to work for Hot 97. No one ever quits over there. <laughs> so where am I going to work? You know? And then uh, through a friend of a friend, I got uh, I got a, an opportunity to get like an interview. And I was, my first job there was answering phones. Yeah. So I was a phone up. I was a phone up for Moni Love. Crazy. Yeah. And, and I worked with Chubb Rock and Ed Lover. Yeah. And, and Steph Lover. 
and, the, and unrelated. I, and right. I, yeah, yeah, no relation. And I basically just worked my way up. I learned how to run the boards. Yep. And I became a producer. And I used to do mix show for like Spin Bad, you know, yep. DJ Spin Bad, yeah, of course. And Tony Touch and. I kind of just started, like, since I had no life and no family, I would, like, live at the radio station. Yo, you're not kidding about that one-way ticket to New York, like, just... No, 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 no. You didn't have, like, a plan, like, place to no. stay? No, Where were you staying? Okay, so let me tell you. Okay, if you want to go into details. <laughs> yeah. So my friends, my friends, so it's so a real talk, if we circle back, um, my boyfriend at the time, his best friend had committed suicide, right? So it was like it was a really dark time in all in all of our lives, and he he started dealing drugs, and he started doing just doing a, like heavy heavy drugs, and I, I was at a point in my life where I was like fuck I I don't want to be a product of my environment. I saw right. people around me just really like sinking, and I knew that that's L A is not where I wanted to be at, and and it's like a, when you're from L A, you know you know what I mean. It's like it depends where you're from. Like you guys know a different type of LA. Yeah. But when you're you grow up in LA and you're really really from like the heart of Los Angeles, it's a different life. Some people like I go back for the holidays and I still go to I go to my mom's old neighborhood. And some people are still doing the exact same thing they were doing. Right. You know, fifteen years ago, twenty right. years ago. Yeah. So when I came here, my one of my girlfriends used to work at the Sheraton. Okay. So she's like, if you go to New York, I could hook you up with a week's free stay at the Sheraton, <laughs> and then you fucking figure it out from there, right? So I was like, bet, I'll take it. <laughs> so I came, I can't remember, I came, and I stayed for a week, and I was trying to figure out, I need to find a job, yeah. I need to find an apartment, where do I live? Because I was like in Midtown. Yeah. And Beautiful I, Midtown. And my girlfriend, one of my girlfriends from L.A., who's from Queens, mm-hmm. she grew up with DJ Camillo. Okay, dope. And her cousin, a week before I moved to L.A., got arrested for shoplifting. And, you know, my friend older brother was a cop in LA so I helped her get out of jail <laughs> so when I moved to when I moved here when I you know quote moved here she was like yo you helped me get out of jail you can stay with me in the Bronx until you find an apartment I want to help you out man so I was gas. so I lived in the Bronx for, in Castle Hill for like a month before I found like my first place how was taking the train for the first time I, it was cool because I was already used to like like the bus like buses in Los Angeles are no joke yeah yeah it's yeah, like yeah. death right, you know? right yeah so I did it and it's like uh, and then so I was you know I was always like fearless I'm never like I didn't really apparently yeah <laughs> but it was it was that it was it was simple as that like I was just had I had one goal and it was like to make it in radio if it's the last thing I did so while I was in college it's funny because I was taking broadcasting courses yeah and I was working at the radio station and I was like, yo, this is a fucking waste of time. Like, all of this shit is bullshit. Until eventually, I became a morning show producer. Yep. And I worked for Star and Buck Wild. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember them. Yeah, yeah. they were in fucking sane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but Star was yeah. always very, very good to me. Sure. Very good to me. And um, and when shit hit the fan with them, you yeah. know, with all the wildness, everybody got fired except me. And I remember Big Tigger came. Yeah. And he was like, yo, I'm having this new morning show. Work with, work with me. But I was just, I kind of got tired of working for anybody. Sure. So I sent out my demo tapes and I was like, all right, I'll move to like Connecticut or Miami or whoever takes me. And then, bam, I got a job offer working for La Calle, which was the when the whole like Latin explosion, the yeah. reggaeton boom came. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know shit about reggaeton. I'm not Puerto Rican. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but they played reggae and yep. they played R&B and they played hip hop. So I was like, I'm just going to go and wing it. Mm-hmm. And it, which is cool because till this day I still have relationships with a lot of the reggaeton artists because at the time I I grew up with them also it was our first like shot at, at like the the spotlight you yeah know? so I'm still cool with like Pitbull and like Tego Calderon yeah, and, yeah. and Tego I know all of them from back in the days crazy so that's why it's special to me because it was like I, that's where I really started my career we talk actually like um, a lot whenever like you know everyone knows Pitbull as like the the 
you know, Mr. Worldwide, like yeah. really, yeah, yeah. you know, doing doing New Year's Eve, like really being everywhere. I remember when he would be on mixtapes. Well, when, and also like yes. n- new to New York, and he did Ladies Night with with Angie yes. and with Jazzy Joyce and all them, right? And yeah. like, and they would play his stuff, and it was just nothing like it is now. I'm gonna kill him in the club with this one. Yeah, I'm gonna tear that club to f- up. Yeah. I'm gonna have him go in the wall with this one. <laughs> Partner, just listen. If you don't want them things to click clack, take a few steps back. Cause I'm playing for keeps. Go ahead, keep playing with me. And watch how I hit him in the head once again. For those that didn't believe in the kid, y'all might as well be dead. Cause what y'all thought couldn't be done, <laughs> I did. I'm like Ray Charles, dog. I don't see none of y'all. I'm blind to the fact that half of y'all rap, and I'm out running y'all. When I hit him from the back, I got them on me. With like cornrows, like just freestyling. No, I have not. Go to go on YouTube and look for it. You'll find it. All right, flawless. You grew up in Queens. Grew up in Queens. And what was the what was the goal? I didn't even know what the hell I was gonna do with my life. There was no goal. I mean, I hated school. Yeah. Never pay attention. Not that I was stupid. I was just ADHD. Just had eyeballs were always out the window. (laughs) Um, and you know, my mom was always worried about me. I was always getting into trouble, and um. I don't know. I didn't know what I want to do with myself. And one day she was just like, go work for your uncle and see, you know, go be a salesman for the season. And I was like, I don't want to be a salesman. Who wants to be a salesman? I'm not, you know, right, I'm, right, I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And how much are they paying me? She's like $70 a day. I was like, I don't know if I <laughs> do that. I went there, worked from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Hated it. Hated it. Seven days a week. Is that, is that the busy season? That's the busy season. I'm talking about I had no life. And <laughs> when New Year's came, I was like, listen, guys, thank you, but no thank you. I don't want to work here anymore. I appreciate it. And they're like, no, no, what are you talking about? We need you. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> the $70 a day is not working for me. Right. And, then, no, and then you were probably like the youngest one at, at the shop, right? Yeah, you know, everybody kind of gravitated towards me because I was kind of, you know, myself and everyone is in a suit and tie and they barely speak English. It's just like a... And $70 barely pays for lunch in Midtown. Yeah. <laughs> It was a joke. I wasn't even trying to get paid at the end of the week. I was yeah. like, you know what? I'll get it at the end of the month. It's not that serious. Yeah. And New Year's came. They were like, listen, we need you to work. I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I knew as soon as I was getting home, I'm like, mom, I'm not working for them anymore. <laughs> I couldn't have the balls to tell them what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going to have my mom handle it. <laughs> and I got home, and she was like, listen, I just need you to go back for me, please. And I just felt bad. I felt like I owed it to my mom because mm-hmm. I've just been getting in trouble my whole life. Yeah. Not, not serious trouble. Just right. fucking up school, this, yeah. that. Just doing the wrong stuff. And, you know, um, got back that first week, me coming back to work, Fabulous walked in, uh, 50 walked in. They weren't my clients, but they walked in, and and I was like, okay, (laughs) I can do something with this. This might be a place for me. Plus, I was networking, and it kind of felt right. Yeah. And then little by little, started getting connected here and there. You know, but how did people. you get the attention of the artist to come to your booth? Because it's like because they were going up to David Bling or something, I mean, right? People go up to David Bling. Sometimes David Bling wasn't there. Sometimes you know people were still coming in from when Jacob the Jeweler was there, right? Right. So I had that booth where Jacob was. Well, so, let's also tell the people that the Diamond District is like just a couple blocks. The competition. It's one block. One block. Yeah. The competition is endless. It's and, like there's a million. And jewelers. where's Aviani around the corner? Aviani's is on 47th Street. Okay. So it's 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 Aviani's on 47th Street. I'm on Sixth and 47th. Right, right, and but you're right still, on success. We're we're, on, we're in the diamond industry, so like, it's like a needle in a haystack. Yeah, so, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Everybody has a connection. If they don't like your prices, they're going next door. Right, like, and every shop looks the same from the outside. Oh, it's it's 
It's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. You can't walk down that block. That's the first block I've ever walked down feeling like a piece of meat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, you ever walked down a block? Yeah, of Have course. You? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sick. Yo, that's yeah. not the same. That's not the first time that Laura's ever felt like a piece of meat, like walking in New York City. <laughs> Every time I have somebody coming from out of town, they're like, "Dude, what the fuck's going on with this block?" I'm like, "Uh, I still walk down that block today." Yeah. And people are like buying, selling, selling, buying. I'm like, Dude, leave me alone. You see me every day. But it's like a school. It's like a little campus. You know, everyone knows everyone. You know, there's always just. It's a hustler's block. Yeah, but you yeah, know right. what's so no, funny is that I've been, okay, so I've been like, maybe I'll leave his shop and I'm on the corner, like getting an Uber or whatever, yeah. and people come up to me and try to offer me, and, and then I'll be like, no. It's like, who do you come see here? I'm like, Flutter's like, mm. Yeah, they don't they like grunt. They, know they just grunt. They just grunt. I mean, I, I feel like I came here and I kind of did my thing fast. Yeah, you know, and right. I kinda, you know. Yeah, you've only been doing this now for like, what, four years? Four, five. Five years. Five. So so Fab comes in. What? Fab comes in, and I'm a fan. Yeah, of course. He's not my client. He goes straight up to. Uh, this is the time where Dave Bling. He, you know, he when when Jacob left the place, Dave Bling kind of took over. Okay, he's gone. So that was the go-to guy. Yeah, I was the new young guy. Came in. People were still, you know, getting used to me and checking out prices, this, this, and that. But I, I always wanted to separate myself from what everyone else was doing. Sure. You know, the way they took the pictures, the way they, you know. So I kind of brought my own style to the jewelry game. I didn't know anything about jewelry. I didn't know about watches. I didn't know about... I didn't care. I, how, was, how big is the learning curve? Big. <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't allow you to rearrange the booth, right? Yeah. I can't... Like, my booth is... It's historic. You know how you have to go to that little shitty pizza store to get that good slice? Yeah. 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 That's my style. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, my place. You know, you go to this beautiful store and you go inside. It's like, it's, it's, the pizza's shit. No, Totally. So I'm that little dirty booth with the good <laughs> jewels. And uh, I take pride in what I do. But anyway, little by little, people started coming in, and I was getting recognition here and there. And when do you come up with the name? Well, Floyd Mayweather came up for it. Floyd yeah. Mayweather came in one day, and he was like, yo, look, I like what you're doing. And this is a time I didn't have social media because, you know, I was dating a couple of females, and I didn't want to be on social media. Okay, sure. <laughs> so I was always low-key, and I was like, you know, fuck this, social, fuck this Twitter. I'm not with the bullshit, whatever. Floyd comes in. He's like, look, you have dope stuff. No one knows about you. Create a Twitter name. I was like, Aah. The name of the store is called Flawless. I'm like, shit. Flawless from literally from one to a million is taken. <laughs> I was like, all right, Mr. Flawless. Mr. Flawless was taken. I was like, Mr. Flawless won. So available. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to roll with this. He tweeted it, and shit just started going crazy. People started walking in. It was like, hey, Mr. Flawless. I'm like, me? <laughs> you guys talking to me? You were like, that's kinda, my father's it kinda, name. It kind of yeah. yeah. sucks. So I kind of I, I ran with it. And one day I was, in a, um, I was driving my friend to uh, his girlfriend's house, and I was like, what if we, like, you know, do like an old typewriter font, Mister. Instead of the dot, switch it out to the diamond. He whipped. He was like one of those techie guys. Yeah. He whipped it up on his phone. I was like, yes, <laughs> send that to me. And then literally the next day, I put it on a sweater. I went to the mall. Yeah. Put it on a sweater and posted it up on Instagram. People were like, oh, let me get a sweater. Where'd you get that? It's awesome. And I didn't do it to you know. I didn't. I didn't think. Yeah. Anything of it. I was yeah. Like, you know, it's for me. Yeah. I'm gonna rock my own shit. Yeah. Yeah. And. I was like, you know what? People are asking for it, and it was just like that. But it just felt right. how did you get so cool with Floyd? Uh, I guess me and him just always talk shit to each other. You know, but you got to. But he like a welcoming guy. Yeah, not really. Well, the first time he walked into the store, I was such a fan. I remember like, yo, 
I just literally watched him fight two weeks ago. Like, I'm paying $60 at my mom's house yeah. to watch this dude fight. I'm charging people, like my friend, whatever. Yeah, of course, bring yeah. a beer, bring some yeah. beers. I'm charging people. You want to come, bring a six-pack. Bring a 12-pack. We'll get this going. You're only making 70. And then you, you 60 you, that goes you, to pay-per-view. You know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. So... I was a huge fan. He walks in. I get so excited. I'm like, yo, what's up? I, I, I throw out my hand. And he gives me one of these, like, closed fists, like, dap. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I was so, I was, I remember being so hurt, like, because I was so excited. He wasn't. He's like, yo, who's this new guy? Because he used to deal with the dude that was there before me. All right. And he's like, where's my guy at? I was like, uh, who are you talking about? This is me working there for about a month and a half. And it's the first day, the first time they left me in the booth alone. <laughs> so I'm like, uh. <laughs> uh, how can I help you? He's like, well, let me see some stuff. So I'm starting to pull out all this shit. I don't know what he likes. I'm bringing out all these <laughs> stones and watches. And he's like, man, you don't know what you're doing. Where's my guy? And I remember feeling so hurt and so upset. Yeah. And when he left, I was just like, fuck this. He was just mean. I'm not dealing with him anymore. And then he came in like three weeks later, and I was like, I'm not talking to him. <laughs> I'm not saying a word Aww. to him. Forget him, whatever. And I remember I just finished these uh, rosary, these Jewish rosary beads growing up as a Jew. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I love rosary beads, but yeah. couldn't wear them. Right. We have a song I mean, about I that, by the way. I friends on sometimes, rock around. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. I couldn't wear rosary beads. I switched out the Mother Mary for a Jewish star and then the cross for a Hamsa. You guys are familiar with Hamsa's? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I wore it. We live in the Upper West Side. Yeah, yeah. all right. (laughs) I wore it. I'm like, you know, really proud of my piece. He walks in. I'm like, I'm not talking to this guy. I'm not dealing with this guy. I'm pissed. Like, fuck. I'm going to make it a point not to speak to the guy. Five, six minutes, he's in there. He's looking at my chair. And I see him looking. (laughs) He's like, like, yo. He's like, what you got on your neck? I'm like, oh, what? What this? (laughs) This is just a piece of it. I just made and he was like that's cool you got any more I'm like yeah I just actually made three of them he's like let me get all three I said mine too he was like yeah I was like well here you go <laughs> and he took those and you know from there we started developing a relationship and it was kind of you know he kind of helped me out in my life that's dope I love how quickly yeah. you flipped the switch I love yeah, how I was you're, like I am you're not like, talking fuck this dude and then you're like yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. you're like not only can he's you like, get your I own mean. I will give you my own <laughs> for he, you Yeah, he, he's a man man he's, he's definitely helped me out in, in many situations um, talking about the rosary beads uh, Jeff and I uh, put out a song a couple years ago uh, called uh, Jews Jesus for Jesus Peace mm-hmm. right and uh, we do you know the company Goodwood yes yeah, yeah. They, they made us all these like giant pieces with like Jesus pieces and Eric pieces and Jeff pieces and we just like rocked like a million of them in mm-hmm. this video where we're just like you know, I remember Britney Sky was in that yeah, video yeah Britney right? Sky was in that video we're doing like mundane things yeah. and everything so yeah so we understand that whole like you know idea of like I want to wear a Jesus piece but we're, but we're Jewish we're Jewish yeah. yeah we want to talk about heavy hitter retreats yeah oh my god because <laughs> we've been invited you have? Yes. Yeah, yeah. we're not like heavy all, hitters. No, we're not. Who invited you and when? Uh, enough. No, 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 don't oh, name names. Okay, don't okay, name okay. names. <laughs> we're going to get them in trouble. I know. No, we've been invited like all, every year. No, I'm kidding. Like uh, DJ Nuff, Los, who yeah. else? Uh, no, no, no. It's, it, all, it's yeah. actually, it would Della. be amazing if you guys came. All these guys yeah. are always just like, oh, we need some like comedy. But what goes on down there? Like, I don't think you guys need more comedy. <laughs> Okay, so the heavy hitter retreats, for anybody who doesn't know who the heavy hitters are, you know, it started as DJ Nuff. He's like, um, like the Don Dada, it was his DJ crew, uh, DJ Threat, rest in peace. He's the one who really started it. But what it is, it's like a real, it's a crew. But it, when I came in, it was only like 35 of us, and everybody was handpicked specifically 
um, for what they brought to the table. Yep. You know, it's like everyone either was on the radio, was whatever city they were in, they were killing it. Yeah. In the clubs, in the streets, in the mixtapes, uh, producing, or on the air. Yep. So, like, in Miami, we had Mr. Mauricio, who had South Beach on lock, and then it's like we had Infamous in Atlanta, and then we had Felly Fell out in L.A., and then, I mean, it's like, it's everywhere. Craig G., aggravated in Texas. And it's like, um, and we just started growing and growing, and in New York, it's DJ Camillo, and out in Jersey, it's DJ Walla. Yep. And he and each DJ has their own like following. Like Walla has an incredible following of like uh like Jersey house ratchet college kids that <laughs> so specific yeah. die for him. Like if he has a party, it was it used to be just him and his mom doing these parties. Yeah. Him and his mother yeah. caking off. And it's like um so everybody's it has a you know, everybody was chosen. You have to get voted in. And it's not an easy process. Kanye West is, was a part of our crew. If you look I, at a lot of the CDs, you see the the logo. And he used to come to our baseball games yeah. back in the day. I was um so I was Kanye's videographer back in like two thousand and four or five. Uh huh. And I went to when when they um and I remember like on all the mixtapes and yeah. all that like they would have heavy hitter insignia and all that. But uh, I remember the first time I met enough was at. Do you remember the club bed? Yeah, of course. Yeah, which is no longer here. Yeah. But, I stole my jacket in that club. Yo. <laughs> your jacket's not there either. <laughs> but um, Oh, your dignity. <laughs> they, had, they had the good music launch party there, and enough was spinning. And I was like, this is so crazy. It's not yeah. just like talk. They're really like, you know, friends. Yeah, yeah, wild. yeah. No, anyway. no, it's real. Like, yeah. It's real. Like, I was there sometimes where, like, Kanye would call him. And it's like at the very beginning of, of Kanye's career. Yeah. And um, so anyway, um, I... When I first joined the crew, it was the only girl was Beverly Bond. And, you know, Beverly Bond right now, she's like a philanthropist now. She has a whole black girls rock movement. And, uh, and she wasn't really DJing as much. She was too busy. Yeah. So I came in because when I was at, at La Calle, I was hosting clubs like a mad woman. I, I had more gigs than a lot of the DJs. You didn't have to jump fences to get to these no, clubs anymore. Yeah, I was yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was getting paid to be there and I was fucking excited. Yeah. So I was doing all these clubs and Camillo would be like, how the fuck are you doing all the parties that I'm doing? Like, I literally did like 10 parties this week and you were at eight of them. He's the... Getting paid. And he's the hardest working he person. Is. Absolutely. Yeah. If, Camillo is an animal. Yeah. So he's the one who was like, you have to be down with my team. And I was like, what am I getting out of this? <laughs> like, I was all, you know what I mean? So it was a thing. But then, I, you know, I was a big fan, obviously, of Angie and Enough. Yeah. So I, I had to have, like, a meeting with Enough. And, you know, at first they were like, some guys were like, we don't need her. And I would be like, motherfucker, I do more gigs than you. What are you doing with your life? I'm doing this. I have shows. I have this. And I was always, like, super, like. I, I'm a little aggressive, what? So, I, so I wasn't taking no for an answer. So now that you challenged me, yeah. I was like, no, I'm going to be voted in. So it ended up really being really dope. I, I got voted in. So I was the only, I was I wasn't the first girl, but I was the one that was there because yeah. Beverly was doing amazing things, but she wasn't there at all the meetings at, at you know you know when, whenever we did our events. Now the heavy hitter retreat is something we have every <laughs> every year mm -hmm. because we're all in different states. Mm -hmm. So it's dope. We all have like uh, we have conference calls that we do monthly where we all like talk about what's going on, and um, in terms of like records and like yeah. records, business partnerships. Um, you know, a lot of the DJs produce their own records, so we try to support each other. Yeah, like if we whatever if we're gonna do if I, I you know somebody gets booked in a different state, you call your brother that's you know in that state and they take care of you. And that's by the way, works. just to put this in, into perspective for people, I believe. Uh, enough and and some of the guys were down in Atlanta and and heard the future record. Uh, no, no, no. Tony Montana. Can I tell you? Can right? I tell you? Can I tell you something that's insane? We yeah. had a heavy hitter retreat in Atlanta, and we went to the strip club and uh, uh, Magic City on a Monday. Yep. And we we met Future that night, and we we heard. Um, I remember 
the DJ starts dropping, right? And all we hear is Walla, magic, <laughs> Walla, magic. Walla. And we were all looking at her like, what the fuck is happening in this club? Then we look at Walla, yeah. our DJ Walla, and we were making fun of him. <laughs> okay, we were making fun of the song because of him, right? <laughs> so then he said they start playing all these future records, and we're like, "Oh, this is kind of catchy, I guess." It's yeah. some Atlanta shit, so different. Whatever. Yeah, we were drunk. There were strippers. There was midgets. It was an <laughs> insane night. So I remember for the entire retreat, that was our chant. It was yeah. like "Walla Magic." <laughs> so when we came back to New York. We would play it as a joke on the air. Yo. And little by little, it started being a thing. And then they would play it at clubs, and people started requesting it. And then we were like, yo, this future guy's fucking... He's actually pretty dope. Yeah. And that's how the record really started blowing up. That's crazy. One after another, but that's how it started. And a lot of people can argue with me. I don't give a shit. That's how it started. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we brought it to New York, and as a joke, like as, a, as, as like a crew joke, you know what I mean? But but it was really dope and Future was awesome. But back then he was grinding and yeah. you know it was it, it was really ill and like dramas always showed us love yep. and, and infamous mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, but the heavy hitter retreats we all get together we we go to DR mm-hmm. we go to Atlanta whether it's we pick a place every year but it's like all the DJs fly in and it's cool because we always like. Even if I go to Atlanta to go see Infamous, he's working. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like he's DJing and we're just there. So we actually get to bond. And even the guys that, that don't drink end up being fucking drunk out of their minds. <laughs> so it's like a bonding experience. But I remember the first time I went, I was like, there's no girls here. Yeah. So I was like, right, it's, it's 50 overweight dudes <laughs> and yeah. you. And I was like, fuck this. I'm bringing my friends because we would have these amazing like resorts and, you know, yeah. we had tons of fun. So little by little, we started inviting artists to come down too. So they would come, bond with the DJs, build a relationship, which benefits them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and every year, just got, it kept getting bigger and bigger. And then more and more people started coming. That's dope. And, and yeah, I remember one time Asherah came. <laughs> What? And I just saw him in a different light. No, he was super cool. Yeah, no, of course. But it's different when you party with somebody. You know what I mean? It, it's and, and in Dominican Republic, yeah. we a lot of... Um, are there laws down there? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there are. You know, I, a lot of peculiar <laughs> things happen in Dominican Republic. Yeah. And you see a different side of people. Of course. But I will tell you, it's like we're all like... I think the reason why we're so close is like whatever... We don't judge. Whatever happens, happens. And right. we're a family and we take care of each other. Yeah. And... um. But they're pretty epic. Do you all ride four-wheelers like in a big pack? Sometimes. <laughs> we split up sometimes on our own yeah. and sometimes we all get together. But we have like – we literally have like an itinerary. Guys, this is what we're doing because then we do have like – when we have sponsors, we do have like, you know, uh, times where we get together. We have like tech time and, you know. You're in conference rooms and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And then we have the times where everyone's just at the pool getting drunk and, yeah. you know, we oh, throw we've, parties. We've seen videos. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's cool, man. It's cool. So how did you guys first meet? You want to – you know what? I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Laura was the first person to ever make me feel like a superstar. Wow. I was in Griffin, and I used to go to Griffin all the time. When okay. I lived in the city. I was like out every night. By the way, little little bone of contention that we have with Joe Button. Right, we call it the Griffin. He says there is no the on it. It's just Griffin. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's where I was. Yeah, I, I call it Griffin. Yeah, I don't call it the Griffin. Did I say the Griffin? Say no, the we Griffin? do, though. I don't know. You but say Griffin. I said yeah. Griffin? Yeah. So I said it right. Yeah, yeah you said it right. Well, According I mean, to some. Button, yeah. The yeah. Griffin doesn't sound bad either. <laughs> yeah. You were, at, you were at the, the spot. <laughs> I was at I was a at, Griffin, yeah. I was at Griffin, and... Um, <laughs> He was in the booth next to me. I was in the table, right, the booth right uh-huh. next to me. She was like, hey, 
I was like, hey, Sega, I'm Laura Styles. I like your shit. You know, you're really dope. And that was, for me, that was like, all right, I'm start- this is the beginning of my career. I'm yeah. just starting to get a little recognition. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And she had this little diamond um, <laughs> piercing in her. She just she was just going, you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. I was like, wow, I got recognized for the first time. Somebody saying, you know, you got some dope <laughs> shit. I'm like, I felt good, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember because of her, I was feeling good that night. And I was kind of like... Oh my gosh. You know what was so funny is that I, to me, I'm like, besides the whole radio shit, I'm a big art enthusiast. So I do my yes. research and, and like, and I remember seeing some of his stuff like on Instagram because we have, we have tons of mutual friends. Right. Like tons. And you know how once you're on Instagram, you start digging, you start being on like your sister's cousin's mother's page on vacation. <laughs> you fucking go in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had gone on his page and I was like, wow, he has some really dope things. And I'm not even, I don't really do jewelry like that, right? But I was like, He's dope. Yeah. And, and and especially the way he was branding himself, I thought it was dope. So when I saw him, I, I'm the type of person, like, if I think you're cool, like, I'm not too cool to come up to you and, and, and give you props. You Neither know what am I. Mean? Right. Yeah, I'm always like, wow, I really, I'm a big fan of your work or I, whatever, you yeah. know? But did you give him the full handshake or did you go no, the pound? I, you gave him the, the no, pound? No, 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 no. It was, it was love. It was yeah, shit. no, I gave him a handshake. And you know why? I, one thing about me is like, I hate anyone who gives me a pussy handshake. Mm. Like, oh, the, if you're going to give me a handshake, you have to give me a real handshake. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. give me a little two finger. Or the no. wet, the, the, the dead fish or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like, dead yeah. fish? Yeah, I, you know, I might have loved you at the beginning. By the end of it, I'll probably be like, he's a fucking <laughs> How'd I shake your hand? No, you you didn't give me a dead fish or else we probably wouldn't be here right now. No, but I remember telling him and his eyes like lit up. I and was excited. I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, no, your stuff is dope. And, and it was quick and I was like, cool. And he's like, he gives me his phone. He's like, give me your Instagram right now. No, yeah. because cause she, because t- I, I like, a, a, that week I came across her page. I just didn't remember what it was, but I, I it rang a bell. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I heard of you before. I know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And... You know, I started following her. I, I remember following you right then and there. I thought it, it was a, it was a good, a great moment for me. Yeah, I remember yeah, feeling good. I was like, you know what? This is a good feeling. I like this. Can I get two more shots? <laughs> I'm going to go walk the Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mind you, we did our own thing. It's not like we didn't hang out for the rest of the night. It was just really quickly like, hey, what's up? And yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know right. what I mean? And then and little by little, we would bump into each other here and there. Yeah. And became, you know, good friends. She always kept it real with me. Yeah. I, I feel like I sense, you know. I like her aura. Yeah, totally. When you've gone digging in people's Instagrams, uh-huh. have you ever accidentally, like, 34 weeks back, like, double tapped? Oh and like, I'm so good. <laughs> I do that all the time it's on purpose. never happened to me before. And if I've done Just it... Just to throw them off. And if I do it, I did it on purpose. Like, oh, I don't care. Like, yeah. if I'm in an artist page and I'd be like, this is an adult painting or a print and I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, that was 73 weeks ago. <laughs> but I don't care. I have no shame in my game. I specifically go to the second to last photo and like it. Uh, it's second to last. <laughs> it wasn't last. <laughs> Um, I do a thing where if you show me your phone, like Bun B once showed me his phone, like, yeah, like, look at this. And I double tapped it and he, like, cause I think it's hilarious and he did not think it was hilarious. Like, you're an asshole. Yeah. But he's like, I respect it though. Yeah. Bun is our guy. Bun's like, a homie. He yeah. was, he was one of the first person, uh, one of the first people to give us a cosign, mm-hmm. like back in 2008, like when we were doing sketch videos and everything. And like to have a legend like that. And then it got to the point where we had this relationship with him where we, we were like, Hey, we're putting this mixtape out with DJ drama called Urbane Outfitters. We have a song called Girls with the Dirty Souths. 
about those women who keep it au naturel. Mm-hmm. Would you mind jumping on this? And he was like, no problem. Got us the verse that day. Well, we, I mean, he did say that we were going to kill his career. That he did say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then we, and then we shot a video with him down in Houston where we're, the three of us are the world's worst landscapers because we salute those women who let the bush grow. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh and and again, that that weekend, he was like, you'll ruin my career. And then we had a show um, at the Gansevoort, two shows, actually. And we flew Gansevoort. him up for it. Not the Gansevoort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Gansevoort. Gansevoort. Is it? No, it is it's the not Gansevoort. The Gansevoort? It, is, yeah. it is the Gansevoort. So I'm staying at Gansevoort or I'm staying at the No, I would say the, the Gansevoort. Gansevoort. The Gansevoort. Yeah. But then you have to be specific with like which location. Right, I'm staying, staying at, at a Gansevoort. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but we flew him up that weekend too and he was just like, this is going to ruin my career. And we have successfully not ruined his career. So Good for you. Look at Yay. you. One of the greatest guys. I like Bun. He's such a good Big guy. Big fan. Very he... humble cat. You know. Do uh, rappers come through to get like stuff that's been done by other people updated by you? Uh they have before, but not usually. Yeah, so you you either do original stuff for I would them. like to yeah. you know sometimes I'll, you know, there'll be some stones missing and stuff, so we'll, you know, do a little repair and you know replace the stones, but Have you ever had to blown up somebody and be like, "Fam, I'm sorry, but this is not what you think it is." I all the time. Oof. All the time. You know what's, what I've been noticing a lot lately? When I go into clubs, and I don't care. Fellas, if you're out there and, you, and you're wearing, you know, bullshit jewelry, I don't care. It's, it's okay. They'll, like, tuck it in, and, and, and they're uncomfortable when I they don't want they you know to I know them. what's going on. Right, yeah. right, but right. I don't care. Like, do your thing. I'm not worried about you. I'm just trying to go to the bar. Maybe talk to this girl. I, <laughs> have fun. Like, but I, I see that. You know, they're like, oh, shit. And they'll either tuck their chain in, or they'll, you know, do a little switch. I've seen it so many times. And at first I thought I was going crazy. And then now I'm like, all right. It's not Wait, they, think they think that you're, you're like, snatch it. No. Yeah. <laughs> they think you're walking up with, like, the, the lights yeah, to, like, like, check I diamonds. I do not care what you have on. Hey, guys, we just want to interrupt for a quick second. If you're enjoying this episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real, make sure to subscribe and comment and rate over at iTunes. And check out our archives of over 30 episodes of A Waste of Time with It's The Real at soundcloud.com slash A Waste of Time. You can hear episodes like this one with currency. Speaking of popping bottles... Do you remember your verse? Do you remember like your verses on any on? All I remember to that verse of popping bottles, that remix, that that beat we did. Yeah, yep. no, is that I said I got so high I forgot how to read. Yeah, it's great. When I said that, like everybody in the studio was like, oh, well, I don't even want to be on the song. Like, yeah, one. it's so great. Nobody wanted to do it. It was no more. They're like, damn, well, nobody's gonna say it's nothing. All like, dedication. And that, like you won. <laughs> yeah, I remember I said that, and everybody was like. <laughs> Did you ever forget how to read? Nah, <laughs> nah but I thought it was. Funny. What you know? I thought that you I did know. what you rapped in your rhymes, oh, and yeah. turns out that rappers <laughs> are just making <laughs> things up. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that, that right there was the Um, and I didn't say I forgot. I said I thought I forgot. So, so, so I maybe it's I true. Did. Yeah, I thought I forgot. <laughs> Just remember, you can always find all of our episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Please rate, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. Uh, and now back to our episode with Laura Styles and Mr. Flawless. Tell me about a surreal moment where you're like, now you bumpy is your friend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit him up or whatever. But they, have you ever stopped and been like, fuck, I can't believe bun b is my friend all the time yeah first of all like we're the like two like dorkiest people when it comes to people like we i remember there was about three months after we had first met dj enough and we're like running into him every single week yeah and 
Eric kept being like, hey, I just want you to know, like, we are so <laughs> amazed that we're friends. With, and he's just like, stop it. Like, you're you're freaking me out. And he's the sweetest person I know. ever. He really is the greatest. Like, yeah, he's he never homie. Like big papa to me. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, he's, no, he's, literally. Like, he's, I've definitely cried to him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you want me to punch somebody out? What do you want me to do? <laughs> like, he's, he's that to me. Like, he's definitely gave me some of the best advice in my career. And he's definitely sat me down. He's like, you're fucking up right now. And I'd be like, oh. Were okay, you fucking up? <laughs> fix it. He's, yeah, definitely. Laura was jumping fences. <laughs> no, enough is the greatest. Um, I also remember when we were at SOBs, like maybe in 2007, we were just starting doing sketch videos. Uh-huh. And Green, Green Lantern, Lantern came up to us. Oh, and he was Green. just like, and he was like, yo, what you guys are doing for the culture is like really great. And we were just like, well, that's it. Like, we're good. You're good. We're good from that. Um, but all right, so what about you, Greg? Sorry, I need to. Yeah. I, I like I like listening to yeah. the story. As yeah. far as what? Like somebody that it's surreal to you that you can't believe that's your friend. Um. Besides Floyd. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Floyd's pretty mage. Yeah. I don't know. The only reason I'm saying that is because I had dinner with um with Salam Remy. Yeah. a couple of weeks ago and he texted me for my birthday and I remember being at dinner with him, looking at him, and telling him about like my problems, and he's giving me some advice, and I was like. Fuck, I can't believe you're friends with Salam Remy. Yeah, it's... Like, I, I was coming out of, like, my therapist's office and in the street, I hear somebody, I, I, I'm looking and he looks at me and he's like, Laura? <laughs> and I'm like, Guru? <laughs> and I'm, he's like, yeah. He's like, hi, because we, we were friends on Instagram. He's like, so nice to finally meet you. And he's like, I'm Guru. I'm yeah. like, no, no, I know who you are. <laughs> oh. And it, it's super ill that you have people recognize you. And these are people that you've looked up to and that you've loved. And you're such a fan of their work. Uh, I can go on and on about yeah. this. Yeah. Just Blaze one night was like, hey, come through to Baseline and like, let's let's hang out. And, and then we just sat there and we like went through all the 90s hip hop terms that didn't last. Right, so right, And like right. the difference between word and word up like if you say word up then you're like immediately 45 years old and now now it's gotten to a point where so we had a podcast um a couple months ago where there's a new star wars movie coming out yeah. and jeff and i have never seen star wars any of them never? right right didn't care and don't so care. we asked phil chang who's now Shit. in the building and and just blaze to come through and tell us what we've been missing not even the ewoks nothing no nothing <laughs> like and by the way we just for the record we've seen uh, Spaceballs like a Love Spaceballs right. Because we're Jewish Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah Star yeah. Wars when I was a kid But I don't remember shit Not well But you remember the Ewoks ADHD I remember a couple of things But I don't remember this Laura you need to let go of the Ewoks <laughs> I love, That's my favorite part That's my favorite character But But just invited us To go to his home In New Jersey And watch Star Wars And like He brought out all the Star Wars Like memorabilia and everything oh, And like God he's such a show off it's I amazing. love him It's amazing But like that Like Yeah Or like Young Guru We were standing right next to him uh, Going to the box, box uh-huh. for um right box for um <laughs> no that's the box for 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 Jay Electronica's um like signing to uh uh-huh. to, to Rockefeller Rock Nation. yeah and and Young Guru was standing right next to us and we're just like oh my god like I can't believe it's him I'm not saying anything and then he's like it's the real and we're just like yeah and he was just like Young Guru we're like we know you're Young Guru <laughs> yes but just unbelievable it's really it's crazy like how approachable people are and yeah. for the most part how nice people are too like in this business yeah. Um, you've had uh, 50 Cent came up to you and you did business with him. But I've you... never done business with 50. No? No, never. He's he's Dave's client. and I'm... I just remember, sorry, an interview where he was in the crowd. Maybe that's what it was. I, yeah, yeah. No, he okay. was there. I remember one day he came in and, and I was, I still am. I was a huge 50 fan. Huge, huge, huge. Queens. Queens. Like diehard Queens. But anyway, he came in one day and Dave Bling wasn't there. Mm-hmm. 
and he was like, it was a Saturday, and I guess he was looking for a little gift to give to either his niece or something, and he came downstairs, and right to me, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't really go. You know, I got to speak to him, but I remember being so excited, and 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 just, I was starstruck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was still new there, and it was just. But I mean, also it's Fifty Cent. Yeah, it's, this guy's yeah. a worldwide known star. Yeah. So I remember him coming in and me just being so excited. I could literally hear my heart. Like, <laughs> I'm like, he definitely hears me. Like, I remember my mouth got dry. I was like, shit, my hands got clammy. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm treating you like it's a girl. And I'm like, oh, so weird. But I remember, I was like, can I show you something? And he was just like, nah, you guys don't really have what I'm looking. He was looking for something small. And like, yeah. I didn't have anything really for ladies like that. And I was like, so what's up? You're good? And he was like, yeah. And I remember him grabbing my shoulder and was just patting me. And I was like, uh. He's, he's very touchy. Yeah. Like, All right. But not in a bad way. But yeah. it's like whenever you whenever you speak to him, he touches you. And I think that's his way of keeping your, right. you know, the attention there. That's one of the laws of power. Yeah. yeah. Very but, much so. Yeah. But he, and he exercised it to the max. Oh, my God. He hit me with that. And I, I remember being so excited and calling everyone. Like, yo, 50 came in today. I blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and he would come in, you know, from time to time. It went from just walking. Walking in, walking in to say what's up. To, yeah, you know, his actually his son actually came in the other day and got some stuff from us. So that's dope. Um, um but uh, so you work with uh, MMG a lot, or have worked with them? I, I I have, you know, they these people they shop everywhere. You know, what right? I, mean? I yeah. don't expect them to all shop with me. It's like you know, you shop where you, a lot of these jewelers give things out for free. I can't do that. Does anyone expect like allegiance, like just to their crew? In the jewelry world, in the jewelry world, yes, like. You you got all these other guys that are trying to you know give them contracts. You can only play with us. We don't hmm. want you going anywhere else. We don't want you going really goes that far oh, as they, contracts. They hate me. <laughs> they hate me because everybody at the end of the day they want to they want to go this way. They want to yeah. come my way and they just they can't. Well, also I think you've developed a cool factor that I think they always wanted. Also, because a, a lot of these guys are not like. Listen, I walk in there. I don't. I, if I go in there, right? Mm. Me, a person, I'm going to buy a piece of jewelry for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's very intimidating. Sure. I don't, I know, I, the first thing I think about is like, fuck, I'm going to get swindled in here. <laughs> so if I see somebody like you, you like somebody that I could probably relate to. You look like someone who would be my friend. Of mm-hmm. course, I'm going to go up to you and be like, fam, mm-hmm. help me out. <laughs> right. And that's, that's something that a lot of people don't get, especially in that, well, how many, that is it one block? It's that one block. That little one block radius. serious block. So I think that that's one thing that you have that other people, I, I would assume, and they, they know that. Want. And, and, and they hate that. <laughs> so... When did you first meet Naturel, and what was it about him that you were like, I really want to jump off and do a collaboration with him? Man, listen, Swiss Beats posted his art that he made of Swiss, mm-hmm. and I was like, yo, this is some cool shit. This is different. This is cool. And he, right. he, he made him to the T. You know how it came out. And I clicked on his stuff, and I was like, yo, this is dope. And he wrote back, yo, your stuff is dope, too. I'm gonna swing by next week. I was like, all right, whatever. This is before DMs. It was, you know, right. yeah. very. It's all in public. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he pulled up on me like a week later. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm Natural. I'm like, who? <laughs> like, but that's no. how you pronounce his name, Natural, right? Yes. Because I feel like I say like, like, like Rosario Dawson, the 25th hour. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> he pulled up on me and he was like, yeah, man, you know, I wanna, I wanna do something. And I was like, in my head, I wasn't thinking collaboration. I was like, what do, like, what do you wanna do? Like, I'm trying to get him to make like my mister in, in, in the way he does his abstract stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get something out of him. I'm like, dude, like, what, what can we do? He's like, I don't know. Maybe we do like a Jesus piece or something. I'm like, 
Mm. You're like typical. I'm like, I don't know. Like, what, what, I didn't see it. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. So me and him went back and forth for a little while and, you know, we were talking about it for a couple of months and we finally started throwing some ideas off each other and the moment he sent me that text message with this Jesus piece and I opened it up and I looked at it, I was like, yes, this is it. <laughs> I, I felt, I, I knew that this was going to be a game changer and that piece right there put me on the map, put us on the map as far as just being the new generation. We broke the mold with that. Yeah. Right. Literally, no pun. Just real quick, I want to bring in Phil Chang. Phil Chang. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, L is how I met you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of, like, intimidating as an experience, like, the first time I went up to your store to mm-hmm. meet you, it was open, but I couldn't even I couldn't even figure out how to get in because everyone's like, mm-hmm. obviously this dude's not here to buy anything. So it's like, we're going to bar the entrance. <laughs> <and it's> like, <laughs> so it was like, a, I, I could see you through the window, but I'm like, I, I, what is this? But, uh, and I don't know if uh, L wants me putting this out there, but I've known L since 06. L is natural. Natural. Yes. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if you guys know this, but he's an incredible fucking rapper. Incredible. Really? Like, incredible. Bars. Bars. Ill. And so he's been, speaking of ill, he's been working with Ill Mind since mm-hmm. like the dawn of time. Who's the homie? Ill Mind is the best. And uh, that's how he and I met. And I'd bring him up for shows when I was up at college. And I know he's like, He's got stuff in the vaults, like, ready to go. But uh, I just wanted to put it out on air that the dude is an incredible fucking MC. Wow. He's I just an artist. That. He's an all-around He's artist. fucking man. phenomenal. You were just down at Art Basel. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and the worst weather ever. I'm, saying, I'm so, oh, I'm so upset. Also, oh, really? Oh. I didn't go. You know, yeah. I've been going to Basel for, like, the past seven, eight years. It's my first year that I don't go. You didn't miss a thing but my show. <laughs> I, I know, and I was hurt. I was like, fuck, man. I was Snapchatting. I was like, look, I'm stuck in the studio while you're in a private plane, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, last year was the first year I went. I had a ball, like, the best time. I'm like, I'm going every year from now on. This year I went, it sucked. I mean, we still had a good time, but the weather was such shit. Traffic, it was just horrible. It's changed so much because when I first used to go, see, I grew up with a lot of amazing, amazing, amazing artists. Like um, one of my one of my good friends that I grew up with uh, is Retina, mm-hmm. and um, and when we were growing up, actually, I was the first. I was his first model. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I have a painting in my crib. Of Wait, me. explain that. Okay, so <laughs> we were like sixteen or fifteen. I don't remember how old I was, and everybody thought that he was just a, like he was always been very eccentric, yeah, like special, like. <laughs> and in in LA, there was a lot of like you know like a lot the graffiti crews. Yeah. it was MSK and LTS, and um, my my boyfriend at the time was part of LTS, so we would all hang out with each other. It was me, him, and and Zess. I don't know if you're familiar with Zess. No. And Zess, we all kind of grew up together. Zess is a fucking beast. <laughs> like, when I tell you, he's incredible. Um, not only is he, like, a, in the graffiti world, and I'm not saying I'm a graffiti expert, so before everybody starts fucking coming at me, right? <laughs> I just know what I know because that's I, it was part of my life at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this human being, and I, if there was social media out when, back then, it's like, he is like a, um, like a monkey, he would climb up to the places that would be like, how the fuck did he do that? <laughs> when I tell you fearless, yeah. it's insane. Like, you know, he used to go up to the freeway and tag up Heavens, which is like the graffiti um, that's on the uh, the freeway signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because of people like him or him is that they used to put barbed wire so people wouldn't go up there. <laughs> but it's like the placement, especially in Los Angeles, that where he would hang off of buildings just to catch tags and hit, hit murals was next level. And his art now, actually Retina and him have collaborated in shows uh, in, in, in Los Angeles. 
Angeles and it's like I'll show you guys yeah. he just has incredible pieces and I'm such a huge fan and I'm so proud of them because people like that are soldiers that gave up their lives like put their lives at risk were arrested were stabbed yeah, yeah, yeah. for the art yep. right. and, and, and that's how and that's why I love them so much and I'm so, so overprotective of them because yeah. it's not because it's cool now or yeah. it's a fad you know so anyway so me and Ratna at the time everyone thought he was a psycho <laughs> you know and it's like I would be the only one that he would be like can you can you just pose for me so I would literally let him paint on my face and he would take pictures of me and then he, then he came up <laughs> he came up with these series of prints and he's like, look, it's you. And I'm like, wow, I love it. You know, and I was always very nurturing because I believed in him. Sure. I knew that when I saw him, I was like, he's special. Yeah. I always knew that he was special. And we literally, and this is at the time that Shepard Ferry was, was coming up. And mm-hmm. we were like, who the fuck is this dude? You know what I mean? Because the guy started putting up, uh, like, you know, um, just, uh, um, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Andre the Giant. But it's like they were just posting, uh, 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 we pace, yeah, we yeah. pace all over the city. And Andre, uh, the Andre the Giant face was the first one that really was like, you know, the most recognizable one because, you know, it was all over the place, sure. right? So the guys were like, you know what, we're going to put ours too. So the print that I have, and I remember they, one of our boys had a band called Bitter Crops. Okay. And it was like a, a band poster. Yeah. But we flooded LA with, with those prints. So I have, out of that specific print, he made a painting and it's a painting of me and I have it in my house right now. That's awesome. So I remember he told me, he was like, if you ever go broke, you can sell it and probably make a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah. Like, dog, I remember going to L.A., right? <laughs> going there, and he's like, hey, come to my studio. You haven't seen my studio, right? This was maybe like three years ago. So I go to his studio, and it's like like phantoms and all these insane cars outside. And I'm like, mind you, we grew up in the same neighborhood, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'm like, I look at him, and he opens the door and smiles at me in the doorway. And I'm like, and I point at the cars, and he starts laughing. And he's like, Pfft. I traded him for some paintings. I'm like, I hate you right now so much. That's awesome. Like, Art Basel has this reputation now, I think, that you know, all the douchebags go down there, I right? I feel like the next three years probably going to be No, ruined. it's already, it's it's already, already a yeah. mess. But mind you, it was very douchey before, just different types of douchey. Because sure. I remember I would go to Basel because of Retina when he was start, started to come up and my friends that were artists, and I always felt like I didn't fit in, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was the one in Jordans, and it's with it, a bunch of like shows that were super stuffy. Yeah. So, and, and no one would ever take me serious whenever I would ask questions about artists. They would look at me like, yeah, okay. So I remember feeling super out of place at the time. I didn't give a fuck because I, w- I was in Miami. So I was like, let me hit up these shows, <laughs> learn, go to like the, the convention centers, and go to and try to sneak my way into a lot of these shows because I'm, I'm, I'm actually a fan of the work yeah. and then I would go to live you know what I mean yeah, sure. <laughs> or go party wherever but what's incredible about it now which I think is something really dope that Swiss is doing is that he um, you know a lot of some people are mad at him because they'd be like yo he came and he fucked this shit up but in reality he's introducing all these amazing artists to people because art can be intimidating mm-hmm. right. we've all been in- intimidated by something that we're like what well, I don't get it you look at somebody, I just don't get it. I don't understand why this is worth half a mil, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's given a lot of these artists the platform to like introduce them to. I saw Fab buying pieces and, and Pusha was buying pieces and Ross buying pieces. And yeah. it's like, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's beautiful what he's doing. Totally. And yeah. he's bringing the whole hip hop you know, experience to it too. Because before, like I said, I would go to these art shows and the party sucked balls. <laughs> so I would have to go find my friends that were DJing a dope party somewhere else. Two completely different worlds. Yeah. And now I saw like he had Alicia performing DMX and... yeah next level but it's also interesting because like it used to be where rappers seem to only know like three artists right they knew like Basquiat they knew Herring and they knew maybe Kahinde Wally oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Warhol 
but like now it's like okay it's cooler to to know art and it's cooler to be exposed to art um in yeah. a different way do you get mistaken for any other person regularly people say i look like either vin diesel or dj <laughs> drama <laughs> I don't no. know. I'm not I seeing either of them. No, maybe just the Drama? tilt of your hat. I yeah, don't know. it's just the hat and probably your beard. There's the one photo I took of you, and then Ben Baller left like five comments calling you Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> I get funny. Vin Diesel and, and, and DJ Drama all the time, but whatever. Greg, I got a question for you. Are there any artists that you're looking at that you want to collaborate with, like in the coming year, or the coming two years? Hmm. I'm still trying to. I, I I don't know yet. Actually, who was that guy that that you put me onto the other day with the lights, with the neon lights? Mm, Patrick Martinez. Patrick Martinez is somebody I'd like to do something with, probably. But I just I I really haven't got my wrapped my head around all this stuff yet. Yeah. So I don't know how I want to move, but I'm definitely moving in that direction. What's the most creative piece that that an, an entertainer has come in and, and asked for? Anything that did you ever have to make a piece where like things were moving and it had like special knobs that worked? Mm. A functional piece? Yeah, like a spreewell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember Tony Touch's turntables that they would actually move. I think like the, you could actually move the little fader, I think. <laughs> I remember Gorilla Zoe had a piece that was in, uh, like a King Kong gorilla inside <laughs> a cage. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like about the size of two fists. So somebody came in one day and they're like, listen, my grandma passed and. They threw this little bag at me, and I'm like, all right, well, I picked up the bag. I'm like, what is it? He's like, it's her ashes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh my God. I'm like, dude, he's like, nah, I got a little bit of ashes. You know, my mom gave them to me, and, you know, I want to kind of make a little safe and put it in, like, you know, a safe. I'm like, but tell me they're fucking ashes. <laughs> I'm sitting here, I got ash residue on my fingers. I have your grandma on my thumb. It was the weirdest <laughs> shit, dude. But to be fair, it's what she wanted. That's right, right yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I made a little little something special for him he wanted it to be like a safe like a like a vault safe so we put that together we put the ashes in this little gold vial sealed it up and soldered it to the safe the inside so when you open it up it's in there like yeah it was just the weirdest thing i've done but that's got to kill the resale value or make it better i don't know (laughs) (laughs) jeez um has anybody i mean i feel like you must get like Shoplifters are people trying to shoplift all the time. All the time. I mean, they just come in, especially around this time. Because but they need, I, like, a Christmas yeah, gift? but I mean, we have, we have, yeah, I have actually one on video. I don't even know if it's on my phone. Is but. there an instance where you've had to, like, actually, like, chase someone? I chased somebody down, like, two blocks. Actually, right to where I just met you in, in front of, uh, on 48th Street. Somebody came in. I was on my computer doing my tweet shit. Yep. I wasn't paying attention. He asked to see a watch. I gave him a watch. $20,000 watch. So behind the computer, because the computer was facing him, he had the same watch on, but a fake one with Whoa. the same plastic on it. Wow. So he put that one on, took that one off, and gave it back to me and walked out. So I'm looking like, this is scratched up. My shit was new. What's going on? And by the time I realized it was fake, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I turn around, and the guy just walked out of my store. I'm like, dude, stop. And he just took off. I ran after him. I'm like, and I was in his ear like, dude. I run five, and I don't run at all. <laughs> at that time, I didn't run. I'm like, dude, I run five miles a day, dude. I'm, I'm not going to stop running. I'm about to pass the fuck out. <laughs> and he just starts, like, taking the watch and, like, waving it, and he threw it up in the air. So I, like, stopped running after him, and I 
almost caught it. Ah. Uh. And it hit the floor. But whatever. It was a $700 bezel that I had to change. But, you know, it was a lesson learned. Man. Man. He was so, probably terrified that Vin Diesel was following me. <laughs> I was on. And my sneakers are never tied because I'm, you know, you know, oh, I was fucking looking like an animal. <laughs> Jeff told me before something I didn't know, which was that Laura was set up on some dates by the New York Post. Sort of. So you uh. were. Yep. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. We do research. I didn't know about this. Oh my god! Okay, so I'll tell you the story about that. And that was some fucking fuckery, man. Fuck the post for doing what that. What happened? So I, you guys probably won't get it, but it reminds me of, a, of an episode of Sex in the City where Sarah Jessica Parker is like, she parties the whole night, and then she gets to the photo shoot late. So they're like, she's with a cigarette, looking <laughs> fucked up, and they tell her, and they tell her, we're just doing some test shots. And she's like, all right, cool, because the article that's going to come out is going to be called Single and Fabulous. Okay. And when it finally comes out, it's Single and Fabulous question mark. <laughs> and it's her looking fucked up with the cigarette. So what happened was, is like, my, um, at, at the time, um, I'm, I've never been public with my relationships. Right, right. Not really. Maybe like one mm-hmm. that people knew about, but that's it. Usually I keep my private life private, right? Right. So, um, so I remember when I, one of my first radio gigs, they're like, yo, we're doing this whole thing on like, uh. 50 fabulous single Latinos in New York City. So I remember being like, okay, that's cool. Like, I, I'm down to do that. And this is like fairly early on for you. Yeah, this yeah, This is like yeah. 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then I remember <laughs> I remember going and, and being there. And then I was like, oh, wow. I met like a, uh, a couple of like cool people and some weirdos. And then I, <laughs> and I remember being like, all right, so what, what are we doing? And when I get there, I realized like, they were kind of trying to play like matchmakers. Like, hey, what about you and him? And I was like, no, like whatever. So I did what I had to do. I remember being like really short and, and left early. Yeah. Cool. I was cool with everything. But when the, when the article came out, it was like 50 Latinos looking for love or some shit right. like that. And I'm like, what? I'm not looking for love. And I think they, I think they said that I was like a former breakdancer or yes. something that was completely inaccurate. I was, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to be like, no. so were you... You know, no. you, yep. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not pop-locky. <laughs> Yo, it was, it was my first time that I was, like, I experienced, like, I was so embarrassed because I was, I was happy to be in the paper and I was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> so, yeah, that did happen to me. So whack. They I also believe- called you Guatemalan, like, next to your name, but then they said that they had found a Mexican DJ, which was also you. Oh, <laughs> disrespect. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad. But the New York yeah. Post has treated you well. They called you the king of bling. I am the king of bling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All facts. Facts. They didn't fuck up one bit. <laughs> um, have any, uh, I mean, like, do other people, like, dispute that? Like, are people just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I'm the king, I'm the king of bling. I mean, I, I don't know what they're saying over there. But, you know, I mean, I feel like it's my time right now. So, and I think they know it. I don't hear anything else, but I think they know what's going on. That's dope. You know, in a couple of years, there'll be somebody bigger and better than me. Hopefully not, but, you know, <laughs> spot's mine right now. Laura came in here and she said, I saw you at uh, Peter Rosenberg's wife's uh, birthday party uh-huh. and you were like, I have some stories I need to get off my chest and I just want to make sure that like we, we hit them all. I mean, you can ask me anything. I have stories for days. Okay. Um, oh, I think, just, like, okay, because I was yeah. a guest on Sipes Improv Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was telling him, I was like, I don't know what stories I should perform. Yeah. So I, <laughs> so I definitely did my French Montana ball story that I told yes. you about. I did that. Okay. Eric just know that story. So, okay, early in my <laughs> career, right, I, I when I first got the gig at Hot 97, yep. 
I um I remember um Angie embraced me really early, which is amazing. Yeah, she doesn't really right. She's you know that's like Anna sure. Ventura. Like, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. Yeah, and she loved me. Yeah, <laughs> she loved me from the beginning, and I until this day like I can text her and be like, yo, I need you, and she's like, come to my house, let's talk. Like yeah. I, I love 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 her. It's, yeah, yep. it's real. Yes. So, I was I would be in her studio with her working doing whatever, and she had just finished interviewing French Montana this mm-hmm. years ago. And French had been indulging in like, uh, you know, treats, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he had like a nice little purple cup and he was doing what he was doing. Right. So did the interview, whatever. I was halfway paying attention, b- b- working on her website. I don't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden enough pulls me and he's like, hey, they need you. I need a I need a I need a. I'm mixing live. They need you to do some video shit with French for a sponsor. Cool. Go in there. Go into the TV studio and knock it out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. So I get in there. I'm like, well, what am I going to talk to French about? Whatever, right? So French is, it's three o'clock and he's fucked up, right? Yeah. So we go in and and we sit down in these like director's chairs and and I, I'm a little bit of a crotch watcher. Like, I've said it before. Like, I, I don't know why I just look at crotches. It just happens, right? So I look down, and I'm like, oh, shit. His, like, his fly was open. <laughs> and you know when the opening aligns with your boxers? <laughs> so next thing you know, I'm staring at one of French Montana's balls. <laughs> and he didn't even really realize it. Like, whatever, right? So it's like, I'm trying not to look at it because I'm trying to pay attention to him in the interview and trying to conduct this interview. It's a big moment for me. <laughs> Hello? I need to fucking focus. But then I have this ball, like, looking at me. So we're talking. <laughs> so we're talking. And then by the time we're done, he realizes it. So he gets up and he fixes his pants. And I see him, like, go in there and shake shit up. And... We get up and then to take a photo and he puts the same hand that he was all up in his balls with around me, oh. like like to hug me to take a photo. <laughs> and his ball hand is like right next to my face and I was like holding my breath because I didn't want to smell his ball hand. And, oh, it was so awkward, but it was oh. the funniest shit ever. So it's fa- like total curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so fast forward like, you know. I f- never told him the story. Fast but, forward like, a few <laughs> years and he puts out a song with Fab called Ball Drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specific resonance now. Oh God. Well, cool. Thank you guys so much for coming to the Upper West Side. Yeah. Bond a little bit. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Well, I'm sure I'll see you guys soon. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to A Waste of Time with It's the Real. You can always find us on Twitter at It's the Real. You can find us on Instagram at It's the Real. You can find us on Snapchat at It's It's the Real or It's the Real Eric because It's the Real was taken. And we're pretty much anywhere you want to find us on the internet. And if you want to see us in person, find us in the streets. Did you know that more and more businesses are switching to Vonage? Seems like they know something you don't know. Like how they can unify all their offices nationwide on their own private connection to the cloud. Or maybe they're saving tons of headaches by eliminating unwieldy PBX phone systems. Make the switch to better. Call 1-800-5-VONAGE or visit Vonage.com and find out why so many businesses are switching. That's 1-800-5-VONAGE or Vonage.com. Vonage, the business of better.